Hey there, sweeties. Welcome back to Friendless, the only podcast that tries to teach you how to be a better friend while I lose every friend I have. I am, as always, your host, James Avramenko, and this week I have special guest Lauren Padillo Melisi. Lauren is the author of two chapbooks of poetry, Final Girl, and the just released Sad Sexy Catholic. She's also a pop culture writer and devoted Shrek apostle. We discuss Henry Zabrowski as muse, the narcissism of artists, the pitfalls of master's level writer circles, and so much more. There's a great interview, but don't take my word for it. Get comfy and enjoy my interview with the one and only Lauren Badillo Melisi here on Friendless. Um, for listeners um, um, who may not have heard of you, uh, I'll put this really bluntly, but not meant as aggressively as it sounds. Um, who the hell are you? Who the hell am I? That's a great question. Um, I'm a poet. I'm an entertainment writer. I'm a cat mom. Um, I hoard VHS tapes. Um, I feel like those are the important things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're the main points. I like that. I like that. So, um, speaking on on poetry to that end um you have a brand new chat book that's just come out sad sexy catholic and it's fantastic um and i was wondering if you could tell me a, a little bit about sort of the genesis of the book and how it came to be uh it's a sequel to uh final girl which came out in 2019 and then i uh i remember like having like 20 poems ready and like having the audacity to DM Clash and go, hey, do you guys do chat books? And they're like, we've never done one before, but you should email us anyway. And then I did. And they were like, we love this. Can you make it longer? And I was like, okay. So first it was just very like, like poems with like mysticism themes and like basically the survivor of the first book navigating like you've done all the therapy, you've done all the work. Now, how do we have functional relationships and live and stuff now that we've worked on ourselves? And um, for some reason, when I hit like 27, um, 26, 27, like all of like, I started like reading back through like my, I was like, oh, I was brought up Catholic. And I started reading, even though it's always been in my life and I have a empty thing of holy water on my desk, like, but then I have my tarot cards and my witchy shit. So it's always been in my life. Um, but I started kind of like reframing like certain, like the way I look at things kind of like through uh, like that kind of lens. And that's kind of where that was a long way of saying where the book came from, but that's kind of yeah. where it came from. I love it. I love it. Um, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's funny doubling back to the idea of, of, you know, you're speaking on Catholicism and you don't get good Friday off, but you know, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That my book should be my license to get Good Friday off. That's exactly right. That's your that's your your out card, you know. Um, mm-hmm. um, so you you did touch on it a, a little bit already in terms of the writing process, but I'm curious if you could tell me a little bit more about the sort of process you go through in writing something like a chat book, because you know I know I know like. Uh, for for me, for instance, it's like, you know, you're writing poems, but you're never really sure how they're slotting together. And so, like, how did you go about attacking, like, compiling it? Um, there are a bunch of poems that didn't make the cut because they just felt like I like they felt like they're for, for book three. So I'm thinking this is going to be a chapbook trilogy and then mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but it's weird because I tell everybody this, like, I don't sit down to write a poem and go, okay, I'm going to write about this today. It, it just, the pen just starts doing what it wants to do, which makes yeah. my life very difficult, honestly. <laughs> um, 
but I had to like, I had to, what I did when I still had a printer, I'm going to have to get a printer again if I'm going to put together another book, um, but print out literally every poem that you have written and you put them all on the floor. And then I um, put like poems I feel connect like thematically in one pile and then ones I think like maybe be suited for something else. So some poems that were um, supposed to be in Final Girl ended up being in this one because they definitely felt they like fit more here. Um, and then there's just some poems that I was just like, this sounds nothing like the speaker of, mm. of Saturday Catholic. So maybe this is going to go in the third book. Um, basically it's making a mess of your apartment and then going insane. I love that. I love that so much. It's, it's, it's always so fascinating to me to hear artist process, um, past the initial writing part. Cause you know, like I, I I'm with you where it's like, I don't often have a plan. I, I sit down, I write, that's what I've got. And then I work with it. And I, you know, if I like it, I, you know, keep going. And if I don't, I ignore it. Um, but it's, it's always those next stages that where I hit those roadblocks, you know, uh, the editing, the compiling, all those kinds of things. And, and I'm always so interested to hear how people get through them, <laughs> you know? I use the, what we call the thesis method, which is the way, or the way we all organized our thesis in grad school was like printing every single thing out, throwing it on the floor and trying to put it all together that way. I and it works. It. So I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, you know, MFA is good for something, right? <laughs> One thing it was that. I don't I feel know. Like, right? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I don't know how to write a sonnet. I don't know how to write a sustina. Okay. Yeah. Like, couldn't tell. I taught po I taught poetry for three years. I couldn't fucking tell you how to do any of that. So, <laughs> do you, you know that's interesting. Actually, you you I I I read an interview you did recently with El Nash, and you were talking about that, and you you were mentioning the you know the 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 sonnets and things like that. And I I guess I'm curious, like. Do you see that as a failing? Because I, I personally really don't. And I don't, I don't, I, like, I, I can understand the beauty of the sonnet for its time, but I don't know that it speaks to the modern reader in the same way. I agree. Some very stuff, there's academic poetry, and then there's just not academic poetry. And then I feel like some people do a really good job at towing the line, like, um, like Kava Akbar and uh, his partner are both academics, but I feel like their poetry is not academia poetry. Mm -hmm. Whereas like um, some people I worked with in the MFA would think that like not knowing form and not knowing certain things like would be a failure. Um, and then you find when you're trying to reach people like, or you're hoping, even though poetry is very self-indulgent, I don't feel like I'm necessarily writing for someone. Mm -hmm. um, I realize like subconsciously it's like, oh, to, if you want to reach people, like there's a line between like the Ruby Carr style, which is, which, which I think is a good gateway into poetry. Sure. A lot of people have like found her work and then go, oh, like other stuff. Um, but there's like a fine line between that. And then also like still like writing a structured poem that for me, I like them to kind of tell a story or like a kind of shape them as like a movie scene and I feel like it's digestible that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I don't know how long I've been doing that but mm -hmm. it all came subconsciously once I realized like that my like poems have the power to like connect to people and it's not just sad girl writing in her bedroom yes so yeah it, it's interesting so I I definitely come from the perspective of like sort of more of the following the impulse type thing I I you know I are you, are you familiar with like Christian I think his name's Christian Bach or B-O-K -B he he does these like very very intellectual structured poems and everybody goes ooh, wow wow he really thought about <laughs> that right you know and it's like but it's really 
um, inaccessible. And, and I can't help wondering what the point of that is if you're trying to sort of block people from seeing what you're thinking or feeling, you know? I, I've always seen that as the sort of um, the intention behind a poem, right? That's another thing um, I think is really interesting. Um, so it, I know not all academics are stuffy like this, but it, in my experience, um, the it was seen as like, well, get published by a, like a university press, have 10 people read it, looks good on paper. Um, whereas, you know, go through an indie press, make a grand off of it, like, and uh, like have so many people read it, but uh, it doesn't count because it's an indie press. We've never heard of it. So it's not prestigious. And I think that's so backwards. Um, but I'm glad. It's funny because I wanted to be a professor and then I was like, oh, I don't fit into this world. Yeah. No, thank yeah. you. Also, they don't tell you like in grad school or like when you're going to, I don't know how people are full-time teachers with multiple classes because like you have no time to write. Right. And a lot of the time to keep your uh, tenure or whatever, you have to write up like a book each year or you have to like publish a certain amount of things each year. And I'm just like, where do you find the time for that? <laughs> where are they doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Are you not sleeping? Are you, is there, is there Adderall like Excel that I can like, what, what are we doing? So never, <laughs> never, no one ever told me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's where, that's the PhD level where they really let you in on the secret, right? Where they're I like, so. okay, so here are the good drugs and now we yeah. go, right? Now we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, with the, um, with the process of getting in touch with with Clash, I was actually really interested to hear a little bit more of that story because you know I they're they're a publication that I have so much respect for, and I've just like I don't think I've read a a, a book uh, on their roster that I haven't loved, you know, and 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 I'm curious what the what your experience was like, you know, from from yeah, kind of gate crashing and then all the way through to to working with them to publication. Um, I met Lisa. Uh, in at AWP 2019, which was in Tampa, and it's funny because that was the AWP that I found out that Big Lux wanted to publish my like first book, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but I remember going to their booth, um, and like being in awe of the artwork on the books. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is an indie press, but this looks like stuff you'd find in Barnes Noble. Like this is so cool. So. I don't, I don't remember like what like drove me to do it, but like, cause I was doing the whole like submit it to, uh, or getting ready to like do like open re open submission periods for chat books and, um, go through all that, which is fine. Cause that's how that's, that's really what I tell everyone they should do. Find an open period or find a contest. Um, and I was just like, hi, I have a really great pitch for my book. It's a chat book. It's really tiny, but like. What do you think? Because I was like, I in my back of my house, like I want a pink book, and I know they can make it happen, um, and they did. So it's been a it's been a dream. I mean, I because I got to I had full say on how I wanted the book to look, and I wanted to go like very Hispanic, um, because like a lot of my unless my mother is full Puerto Rican and Badillo uh, is her maiden name, and my grandma was a leech, um, but then she converted to Catholicism. And then she was a Catholic witch. Um, and um, so. Like the closest of all the Christianities, it's the closest one to witchy, you know. Really, really is because yeah. Catholic saints are seen as like mystics or witches in mm. other like cultures. So it's it all works. Um, but um, they were all for having me, like having, like letting me have as much creative freedom and 
And it was Lisa's idea to make it prayer book size and to have the blank pages like an traditional prayer book, which like you're supposed to take notes on and stuff. So a few people have been like, am I allowed to take notes? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. I wondered about that. I I was not raised in the church at all of any of any kind. And so I was really I was really fascinated by finding out about prayer books and all these things. And and I yeah, I didn't even I didn't even clock the idea of the notes. I love that. I think I want to go back now and like do some marginalia, you know? Someone um and they won't let me post it yet because they're not done, but started sketching. And I, I really, I'm, let me ink it and then you can post it. And I'm so excited because they did like a very like cool, to one of, I can't think of which poem it was, they did a very cool tarot card, like sketch next on the other side of the page. And I was just like, holy fuck, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that everyone's kind of like, oh, and let me, yeah, like literally when you have a book, it's yours. Fold the pages, crease the shit out of it, still coffee on it. Like that is the way. <laughs> that's a really you know that's something i i think i might um struggle with in a certain capacity is this idea of um once you've made the art and you've put it in the world it's kind of not yours anymore it's now up to how people interact with it to decide mm-hmm. what it is for them and and i can't help wondering if that's part of what I, I I can't speak for everyone. I know for me, it's what like has probably caused some hesitation around sharing art, you know. And I wonder, do you, do you see do you see correlation in that kind of thing? Like, do you celebrate releasing the art, or do you try to sort of like hold on to it as long as you can? I for me, when I write something and I'm proud of it, I want it out immediately. Like I'm like, mm. oh, I hate that. Like I have to wait for journals to get back to me. Like why can't it be the next day? Totally. Um, like like I submitted like two poems the other day, and I'm just like when are they going to get back to me? I'm like, Lauren, it's been like three days. Like, yeah, yeah, three months probably. Um, So for me, it's like when I think something's good, I have to, I want it out there immediately because I don't want to overthink it and then think, oh, this sucks. So that's why I really like Patreon because I can put those first drafts on there. And like now what I've really been hating is the poem a day thing for, (laughs) for National Poetry Month because I feel like every poem so far has been not good. So so in that way i'm like fuck i'm like do i gatekeep my own work from like my own patreon subscribers like i don't want to keep post i don't want to keep sharing these like shitty drafts but when i'm really proud of something i'm like everyone look at this right now so yeah mm-hmm. you know it's it's funny i so um about i guess it would have been fuck probably 12 years ago now um i started doing a poem a day i did a poem a day for a year and then i kept going and I did it for like I think eight or nine years and um and it was it was a weird experience right because it was like it got me through a lot of ups and downs and those kinds of things but it's that you know what you're speaking on I'm very familiar with is that thing of like having made a commitment to share but being like but today sucks and so what do I do with it and and I've always found that um when you when you how do I put it? It's like when you overshare those, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, even though you're keeping consistency and it's not really about an individual piece, um, it inevitably sort of like wears on the audience, you know, and you, you, um, yes. I, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's like, I, I had a friend once describe it as like, every time you share something, you're making an agreement with your audience to like yeah. do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And every time you betray them, they trust you a little bit less, you know, and 
so those daily poetries, I don't know how much I believe in them anymore. Yeah, I don't. I skipped yesterday. I'm probably gonna skip today. Good. Like it's Good. funny though because my the the men who were subscribed to my Instagram subscription thing like mm-hmm. are like, oh my god, I love these. These are amazing. And I'm like. <laughs> Really? Like I like I, I'm like okay. If, if people who don't normally read poetry think it's good, then like that's probably a good sign. Sure. Um, but I'm still like I hate these. And so when I finally do write something good and post, hopefully today, and post a Patreon, I'm gonna be like, look, mm-hmm. didn't mean to ghost you guys, but this sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, this sucks is the one so that. hard. Yeah. Like oh. So what are you, do you have a perimeter? I, I'm sort of skipping ahead. I've got this like list of stuff I wanted to ask you, but I, I'm wondering, cause we're sort of on the topic. Do you have like factors or sort of touch points in your estimation of like what makes a good poem or like, you know, when you, whether writing or when you're reading and interacting and you've got these like kind of hallmarks of a good poem? That's a tough question because there are like poems by Sylvia Plath, I think are incredible. And then there are poems by like, um, oh my God, uh, my friend Aaron Taylor. Like mm. I said in another interview, like that, like their work would make an academic like scream because yeah. it is so non-traditional. Um, but so I like think their work is so good, but like, I also like, oh my God, this Lydia platform is great. So, and the, those are two completely different styles. So it really, I feel like it really all depends on the writer and what the writer is trying to evoke and what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that, if that's like a really general way of saying it, but like, there's never really a poem where I'm like, fuck, I hate this. Um, sure. there was in my MFA, I, it's funny because my dad listened to or, or read read the um, the Crave Independent thing and then listened to another podcast and was like, wow, you really didn't have a good time in West Virginia. Oh, I did not, Bob. No, I did not. Um, but there was someone in my MFA who was writing funny poetry. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this is someone who gave me terrible feedback on my trauma poems, like did not understand it, thought they were, thought they were bad. And they would just like half-assedly write these like funny poems. And I was just like, I hate this. Why are we here? Why are you here? Um, so. So maybe it's the opposite. Yeah. So maybe it's like what makes a bad poem is like leading too much into the like the goofy. It's, it's leading too much. Cause I, there are some poems that are goofy that are great, but like it's when it's when you're tr- like trying and the, the reader can tell um yeah that's when i'm just like like the tone is like you gotta make us believe like you actually care about what you're writing and that or that like you like you know um yeah so yeah i think what else makes a poem like bad but it's like even like it's funny because ruby car like has some incredible lines that are and like or like, sorry, let me, but actually she's, she'll structure a whole ass like sentence as a poem when I think that could be a one line in a much bigger landscape. Like, like, mm-hmm. like her work is like, this is an awesome line. Can you put this in a, like a bigger, no, but, but you know, go her. Cause like, damn. Um, but <laughs> my, my hackles get up anytime I hear that name. So oh, I'm, just yeah. biting, I'm just biting my tongue. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, cause like, it's just funny. Cause it's like, you can't, you can't just like, cause I see people a lot like shit on like certain, like, like people they think are commercial poets. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm like, you guys, like this appeals to like so many people. People are going to want to read more poetry after this. It is like, yeah, because someone said to me, this man was like, um, it's such a shame that poetry doesn't have any reach. And I was like, because he's like, because they never hear about it. And I, I go, just because you're not tuned into it doesn't mean it doesn't have reach because poetry is like, is having like, has been having a big resurgence for a while. Um, not that it ever went away, but like, you know, you got that poet at the White House. I can't think of her name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, shit. Amanda something. Amanda shit. something, yeah. Who's great. Yeah. And like, so I'm like, okay, reach. But what helps with that reach is like poets like, car and i'm trying to think absolutely. of other people but yeah rh sign and all those yeah. you know that yeah no you're you're absolutely right and it is something i always have to clock myself on and I, I i can't help wondering if like a part of my sort of like oh fuck that poetry is like just jealousy of like holy fuck look at what they're doing that's incredible you know like mm-hmm. write a sentence and call it a poem and then sell a hundred thousand copies yeah you know? like, i'm like fuck <laughs> i wish i could do that but i can't <laughs> I, me neither so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> um so you know the show really like this podcast tends to reflect on questions of community and intimacy and connections and things like that and and I'm really curious about your your sort of experience in some of these regards and somewhere I want to kind of start with is um how let me put it like this if you have one how did you go about finding a sort of community within your art um and if you don't like how would you go about finding one (laughs) how do I explain my community so I am someone who randomly moves to one place and then all of my friends are scattered everywhere so I have like my like online slash like IRL community of people just from everywhere that like Mm -hmm. like a whole bit it's just like so much fun and I love them so much and then I have this community of just men (laughs) who will purchase anything like I make purchasable and will just like like the majority of my patreon subscribers are men who also think I'm attractive right but they're so respectful and nice (laughs) and they just want me to be able to eat and I'm just like yeah 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 okay so it's it's like a weird because it's like all my like my pals and then it's like men who who think who think me hot and want me to to succeed and I and I'm just like okay cool 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 interesting um yeah and a I lot mean, of a my baseline to grow from you know yeah it's a good yeah so I feel like <laughs> I would like to move somewhere that has like a poetry scene in a community where I can like kind of connect more that way mm-hmm. um. But for now, I am in Michigan, and uh, I uh, who knows my my like cat sitter is also a poet, so mm. yeah. Well, and I find too, like you know, writing in general is such a isolating art inherently that it's it's often very difficult to like. It's like it's like wrangling cats with writers, you know, because it's like they all kind of want to be alone, but they don't actually, and they and they've all. You know, and so I, I've never been able to really crack the code of like getting a bunch of writers together. Usually, there's like a writer in the group kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What really like hurts me is to know, is knowing that the fiction people on my MFA still have a workshop thing that they do via Zoom, like monthly. Right. Um, and I'm just like, oh, so y'all really liked each other? 
<laughs> Can't relate. I feel like it's funny because I um one of my friends said that like the that like the creative nonfiction community is so much easier to get along with. I'm like maybe poets just suck. Like maybe. Like I, I recently like had an experience with a narcissist who has a tum a secret tumbler full of some of the most self indulgent po like just like angry man poetry I've ever read. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, and you ended up being a narcissist. Wait, is there a correlation here? Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's, maybe it's, we suck. It it fuck, you know. It's a question I ask myself that I, I ask myself almost every day. Like, is it me? Is it me who sucks? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but it is, you know, it's 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 one of those really razor edge questions of I find any artist, you know, uh, or any art style is like you sort of have to walk. You, uh, it's like uh, narcissism and empathy are actually two sides of the same coin, you know, and and you really have to like walk that fine line between mm-hmm. between the two without slipping off into mm-hmm. the wrong side of it, you know, yeah. and because and, um, they both have the end of like a. It, it it's like the coin is sort of like the greater good and one is like the greater good for yourself and one's the greater good for the collective, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 um, and that's what art can achieve. Right. Mm-hmm. But fuck, you know, to, to, to believe in your own words so much that mm-hmm. you give them other people and be like, this is going to change your opinion on something like that. Yeah. You kind of got to be a narcissist a little bit. A you little know? bit. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I, I really just feel, I feel like I write for myself and then I'm always surprised when someone reaches out and said, this mm. helped me or this connected with me. Like I'm all, I'm always surprised. I've been publishing since 2013 and I'm still surprised every single time. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Is that 10 years? I've been a poet for ten years. I've been a poet for ten years. Oh god. Hey, right. Wow. That is fucking wild. That's amazing. Um, um to that end, actually, how how do you find yourself celebrating or or in turn being celebrated by friends, like by you know, artist friends and by artist friends? Um it's funny because I feel like I never stop to like pause and go, wow, like, thanks guys. Like, I mean, I say thank you, but I feel like I never really pause to like feel the emotion of like, that's so cool. Like, that's so nice because like, I literally had the day before my book came out, I posted on my close friends. I am so worried this book is going to be dead on arrival and that no one in my actual personal life is going to care. Meanwhile, everyone cared, like, which was so fucking wild. Um, and two of my friends, they took me out, like, to, like, a speakeasy, and I, like, they gave me, like, a little, it was cute. Um, but I never, it's weird to, like, think that, I, the concept of being celebrated by other people is, like, foreign to me. Mm. Like, it's, like, oh, really? Like, especially, especially coming out of, like, an, a three years of grad school where I was supported by two people, um, oh, yeah. and all of my work was constantly shit on for three years in workshop setting. Um so it's like, oh, really? <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh my god, thank you. I'm working on this with my new therapist, so she'll we'll figure we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny that actually leads me into my very next question because, um, do you believe in art as therapy? Um, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm someone who like I'm like 
go see a therapist. Like mm-hmm. no sports aren't therapy. No repairing your car isn't therapy. No going mm-hmm. for a run isn't therapy. Working out isn't therapy. Therapy's therapy, you know, mm-hmm. but, but art, I don't know. Art has a different texture to it in mm-hmm. terms of expression. So I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it a replacement, but I'm wondering how you feel it fits into that process. You know what, what's funny is like, I, as much as I want to be like, it's not therapeutic. Like sometimes it really actually, it feels good to just write through something. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I, so I feel like I write because I have to, not really because I want to. I feel like poetry is like the best way I know how to communicate like my inner feelings, I guess. Like I could, like I could write an, a, a great essay, but like for some reason, poetry is just like where I can actually like, like speak from my heart, I guess. Um, and sometimes it feels good to to write a poem about a situation and be like, okay, this is a banger. This is awesome. But it's never like, yeah, it's not a replacement for my Prozac. That's such a good way of putting it. I love that. Um, um, can you, do you find you can trust artists? Yeah, it can't. You can't. The demographic of artists that I feel like I can't trust are like content creators on YouTube. Sure, um, yeah. yeah, for some reason, like, I mean, I have some friends who are YouTubers who are amazing, but like, holy fuck, there is just something in that world that like makes certain people like, I don't know, their whole character changes. Um, well, they become their shocked face thumbnails. They do. They, re- they really, you know? really do. They become their internet persona. And then it's like, you know, but I have so many friends who are still, who, are, who, are, who do that and are great. But um, <laughs> can you trust poets? Probably not. I wouldn't trust me. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's such an interesting question. Like, I don't know. I mean, artists are, te- technically they say, I don't know who who made up the quote, but it's like good artists steal, but like great or no good artists steal. But no wait, what is it? Good artists good like artists borrow. borrow or, yeah, good great, artists, artists, great artists steal. Yeah, so it's like maybe you can trust us. I don't know. <laughs> it's that thing of like, be careful what you tell a writer kind of thing because it'll probably yeah. end up in a book, right? Oh but. fuck yeah, I feel bad for no, I don't feel bad, but like I theoretically feel bad for every man who's ever done me wrong because it just ends up in a poem. Like I don't know how to tell this guy I recently like had like a like a reunion with like um that like it's like oh so I wrote a poem about you and I and not only do not only do I write about like your TV series that I love so much, but I also um name like first name last name the first girl you ever kissed in the first line of the fucking poem i'm so <laughs> sorry <laughs> um you know serves them right <laughs> it's funny because it's like the it's probably the most positive poem i've ever written about someone mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he can feel good about that i guess yeah. that even yeah. when i was mad at him i was still nice um but then you got like the narcissist i just wrote a poem about him and that shit is like I posted it on on my close or no on my Twitter circle, and everyone was like, "Yo, this is fucking sad. Oh my god, this guy sucks." Yeah, and I was just like, "That that's good. That's what I was trying to convey. Thank you, everybody. Thank you." So, um, um, 
I want to switch gears a little bit uh, because you have this whole other kind of like uh, day job that going on where you're a pop culture writer. And um, can you tell me just like a little bit more about the job and what it entails? And, and then and then I kind of want to unpack a little bit more from there. Um, it's funny because I, I have always been freelancing, right? And then I moved here for a job that ended up being just fucking terrible. Um, so I rage quit that job and then started freelancing full time with no savings and no backup plan. And somehow was able to pay my rent freelancing. Now, they don't tell you that you have to pay a million fucking dollars in freelancer taxes at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I somehow, um, through my friend Danielle, uh, who is a beauty editor at Glamour, um, she recommended... So so the Independent has a spinoff, like... Thing for let's let's be more modern and millennial called indie 100 and so, so i'm like suddenly i'm writing for the fucking independent and and i'm like this looks really good probably on a cv or like in my portfolio like okay yep. but little little did i know that on the 23rd of december of last year i'd be sitting on the floor or no of the year before last year i would be sitting on the floor of the detroit airport on like the day before christmas eve um submitting to this job listing for games radar because i'm like why not like who who the fuck knows why not and i don't hear anything for six weeks so i'm like you know whatever blah blah blah. um and they're like oh you've been shortlisted for a senior position and i'm like did you email the wrong person you can admit it if you did i won't be that hurt um just a little yeah so i had three interviews and um I like I I don't know like I still still can't believe I have this job because it is so much fun um and like I get like I got to write about Star Wars all day I got I got there's a (laughs) I wrote an essay about why we need Shrek 5 that's gonna come out (laughs) next week they just let me write a Shrek manifesto um so it's really fun I like I love pop culture and I feel like that reflects in my poetry too so I feel like it makes sense that being my day job yeah. Um, but also I would like to be a stay at home wife who just, sure, okay. who, just free, who just freelances and hangs out with her cats. So that's like, sure. that's like the dream goal. Um, yeah. but for right now I'm really happy. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, uh, that's something that's something uh, I, I've definitely clocked it, it. There's a reoccurring motif throughout your poetry. There's, you know, there's references to last podcast I left and Harry Zabowski and there's a lot of twin peaks in there. There's mm-hmm. a couple poems about Laura, Laura Palmer in there. And, and, um, do you, does that start with like, did you intend that? Were you like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a poem for Henry or, or, or did it just sort of come out and then you were like, Oh, this is actually about this. Um, it's funny. Cause like I started, my idea was to write a poem that uses lines from last podcast on the left. Um, and what it ended up being is, is each line is some is, is about the, like, like a subject they've talked about on, so I have Mothman in there. I have like a whole bunch, like I have like a reference to their like Paula Mayombe episode. Like, um, and so I just was like, oh, because like I three lines in, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, so I set out to write something different. And once again, it ended up different, but similar. But recently I wrote a poem that I hope someone picks up soon, um, which I literally went through every single episode of Kids in the Hall and like made a poem full of like, like strung the lines together. Wow. And I actually think it's bomb. Um, but um, 
my Laura Palmer poems. I love Twin Peaks. I have like a little Twin Peaks like motif thing behind me. Um, I used to have her picture right here, but it was like really distracting for people in interviews. So I put it on my wall over there. Um, but I love her so much. And like, yeah. it's funny because people are like, you're Audrey Horn. And I'm like, but Laura has a double life and she did all this nefarious shit. And like, I relate. Um, so I, I feel Audrey like. Horn doesn't really hold a candle to Laura right? in that regard. You right? know? Yeah. So, right? so I feel like. Um, when I really love something, like I really love like a, like a piece of media, like it becomes embedded in my subconscious and it just yeah. comes out on the page without me like really wanting to. But that poem in the book about Laura, I was commissioned to write that for um, a like a t-shirt company that like that like would like, specialize on like women filmmakers or like women in pop culture. I don't remember the name of it because they folded, but um it was so cool because when they put out their Laura Palmer shirts, like they put my poem on like a card that came with the shirts, um, which was cool. But um, yeah, so that was like, that's like the one time I was asked to do something and actually like, it's like, okay, I can do this. Um, Cause even in my like MFA, when they was like, Hey, you'd write about this. I'd be like, how can I not write about this? And pretend it's about this. Right. Okay. With that title. All right. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, just write whatever you want to then say, this is what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good strategy. I got to note that one. Honestly, children, if you are in an MFA program or in, or in a workshop in undergrad or something, literally just, you can't think of what to write for the prompt, write something, put a title that is similar to the prompt or evokes the prompt, and then like put on your best like just like oscar winning face and just tell your workshop that like no what i was trying to evoke with this was everyone would be like wow i am so impressed basically just gaslight everybody yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's a good strategy right there (laughs) i mean that's kind of what workshop is especially if you're defending like a bad poem Mm. yeah yeah, I, 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 I have like a little like uh, monthly writing thing where we share like we write prompts together and then okay. we talk about them afterwards. But uh, I've yet to find a circle where we share poems, and I'm, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of that because it's like I don't really, you know, when I put out a poem, I'm like I've, I've spent enough time with it that I'm sort of done, and I don't necessarily need to hear or want to hear, you know. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, and I think I, I can't help feeling like anytime I get feedback, good or bad, I'm like, yeah, cool. Thank you. And then I just like delete the poem, <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like it's really brave to be to even be joining those circles, you know, I, I agree. I've been using my Instagram close friends as like a poetry workshop. Like mm. I could not figure out the last line of a certain poem and everyone was like, okay, hey, what about this? And what about this? And I was just like, this is awesome. Like, I like, this is, this, I'm, I'm actually work. I'm like crowdsourcing, like workshopping this poem in a way. Like this I was like, this is cool. Because yeah. um, in my MFA, like the, the, there, there wasn't even just like a, let me try to understand a poem that's not about like mountains and shit. It was like, I'm going to dismiss this poem entirely because I don't understand it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, no one in this program has ever been through anything. That's weird. Didn't have that on my bingo card. So I would just apply the feedback from my, like, workshop leader and just, and just throw away everyone else's feedback, um, which sure. you're, not, you're not supposed to do that, you guys. But when it's just 10 people telling you 
I don't get it because like if you were assaulted, like why would you go back to the person? Uh, yeah. Okay. That was a real question. That was a real question I got. Oh, um, written red pen too. So I felt like I like not only did I get an F, but also like Ugh. um so <laughs> when you have a good group of people who understand your work, like or who are open to listening to it, like because like my close friends is like people who like my work. So it's like, oh cool, we can all like kind of connect over this. Like it's a mix of writers and people who who don't really read poetry but like my poetry or do read poetry, blah blah blah. And so when you have a good group, like you're golden. When you have a workshop full of people who are just as nervous about workshop as you are and also know this is like for a grade and shit, it kind of changes right. the whole dynamic. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So a little bit more, I, I had a question about um, the the writing job, about the idea of being a pop culture writer and the idea of sort of like experiencing this, you know, this art and then having to sort of formulate an opinion on it. And I'm wondering what your, I think the first part of the question that I'm curious about is like, do you have a process around that? Like, and, and do you find that it's sort of like, is it kind of ruining how you're engaging with TV, movies, music, you know, are, are you just overanalyzing? Luckily, I've only done one review and I hated it. Mm. I hated gotcha, this, okay. I hated reviewing a TV show. I am not going to be a Rotten Tomatoes critic. It is not for me um, because like even in things that are objectively bad, I'm like, oh, but I like like I love a lot of crap, a lot of stuff that is like considered worse of the worst. I'm like, I fucking love this shit. Um, so like. So no, when I when I sit down to write a feature, I really just like word vomit, like because I try to write features only about like things I love or things I feel passionate about. So like mm-hmm. you know, I wrote about why the last Halloween movie sucks, and I wrote a, and that's someone who loves the franchise fucking so much. Um, and then I wrote about why the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre sucks, and 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 insults the first movie insults everything that movie did for the horror community etc etc so i was able to just like scream for a while um but like shrek like i wrote a (laughs) i wrote a 400 word thing for um that's gonna come out in the next issue of sfx magazine because that's like our sister magazine or whatever Mm -hmm. and um they let me just write about shrek for 400 words about why it's one of the best things in the whole world and why it means so much to me um so it was easy to like sit down and be like Oh my God, Shrek 5 is coming out. We need this. Here's why we need this. The world sucks. Aren't you sad? Doesn't the idea of just a fucking goofy ass DreamWorks movie like coming out about a farting ogre and his talking donkey best friend like the, and in a in a fairy tale world that is like was kind of like released in like a like a parody way of like Disney movies. Like, don't you want that right now? Like, uh, so that's why... <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. How how do you find that like this is uh, I don't know why I'm caveating this question. How do you find the like the confidence to to unpack that? Like do you just like sort of s- sit down and type it out and say it's just what I think so fuck it or like how do you how do you get to a level where you like where you like share that if that makes any sense? Um I, there was, there was like someone, when I was just starting to freelance and like, and like, or really take it seriously and like write about, like, try to, try to put stuff out there and stuff. 
Um, I had, it really just took one person who is now like the editor in chief of like a really big publication, um, telling me that it was good. And I was like, Mm. ah, like you do this for a living and like you're in charge of people and stuff and you think this is good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. And I, I kind of just took that and like ran with it. Um, like not to, not to be Lady Gaga, but there could be a hundred people in the room. And 99 don't believe in you, but one does. And that was it. <laughs> and, I mean, it got to be, there's something to be said for that though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really took just one person being like, no, no, this is good. And I was like, fuck. Because sometimes like you write and like, you're like, this is good. And then it's being really bad and no one tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need that. You fucking need that as a writer or else like, ugh. Um, but um, yeah, I really just took like one man who's, in his 50s telling me like this is this is good kid me being like okay and now i'm like writing about shrek confidently that's amazing now (laughs) you know i i I cannot remember i know i've seen them all but i feel like i remember the the fourth one being kind of a bummer yeah so i'm 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 like i I think that might be my only hesitation around a new one is that like i hope they go back to the first two and they yes. don't keep the trend of like he hates his family and he wishes they don't exist or whatever you, it got, was. you gotta figure there's en- enough time has passed it's not like right. when it's not gonna be like when when baby geniuses came out with a fucking third and a fourth and a fifth and they were all supposed to be a trilogy and um and it then then but it turns out and i found this out literally today like literally right before this that um they actually had a tv show that only aired in like italy and so what they did is they just they just smashed a bunch of episodes together and made them into three movies wow yeah brilliant i mean that's like yeah it kind of hurt my heart a little bit but um so you figure like i feel like when enough time passes as like a sequel can be great like the the top gun the top gun sequel Mm. that came out was surprisingly Mm. incredible and i was like oh yeah um, I, I I don't I I don't think I've ever in my life supported the military industrial complex yeah. as intensely as it did for that two hours. Yeah, it came out just being like USA, USA. Yeah, yeah. I'm Canadian. <laughs> I'm Canadian, and I'm like chanting in the theaters. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly you're like, yeah, you're gonna go buy American flag and put it above your couch like a frat boy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. It makes sense. It made sense in the yeah. moment, you know. But. But yeah, no, but and that that it's an interesting trend right now too because like they're it feels like they've kind of cracked the code of the sort of nostalgia sequel mm-hmm. and they're they're they've gotten substantially better, you know. Yeah. I know that the the new Matrix got kind of ignored, but I ended up rewatching it recently and really really enjoying it mm-hmm. and 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 I feel like that was sort of the start of this new wave of like yeah. they've kind of figured it out a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um um, coming back, just looking at the time, I've just got a couple last questions for you. Um, speaking on the idea of, you know, supporting artists, and you were just mentioning about the idea of, like, just one person saying you're doing good mm-hmm. can mean so much. Um, how How could you encourage friends or family or loved ones or anything like that to to better support the artists in their life? Ooh, um, it's Other than so, just like pay their rent, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's, it's funny because my, my parents don't really necessarily understand poetry, right? So, so let's say you have a friend who's like a poet and you don't really understand poetry. 
just buy their shit. Just retweet their their publications, or just text them and tell them good fucking job. Mm. Like, like that's all I want to hear. Really, is from my parents. Is like I don't understand this, but this I know it's good, and I'm proud of you, honey. Um, like my dad, like listens every like like the last podcast I was on, he listened. He'll listen to this one too. Like, it, like he's just very like it's just very like like not like I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't mean to say cute in like a facetious way, but like it's just it's a ad- fucking adorable. Like, and yeah. especially when my friends get excited, um, or pre- at least pretend to get excited, yes. it's fucking adorable. I like it makes me so happy. So it's like. Mm-hmm literally just be present even if you don't get the material necessarily just like good job kiddo yeah or or i was at the store and i saw a notebook that was pretty and maybe you could use it because you're a writer and it's my god thank you yeah or like you're a writer you probably drink coffee here is this blend of coffee i found that literally had what was it It was bill paxton's face on it oh my god and i was like it's incredible yeah i was like oh my god thanks guys um so like literally small things um even if you don't want to like so so if you can't financially support someone just telling them babe this is good is really like Mm. the best fucking thing you could do yeah Mm -hmm. well you know i like i hate speaking broadly about all artists but i feel like myself definitely included in this group and so many of the artists i've met so much of the like root impulse to become an artist was looking for validation that they weren't getting whether yeah. it was in the family or mm-hmm. in their life and so they decided oh okay i'm gonna be loud and i'm gonna speak up and mm-hmm. that's gonna get me validation so like yeah just giving them that is like <laughs> what they what they're needing right you'll find that like a lot of people have like this amazing response from like strangers but never hear anything from like certain people in their life and like because the people in your life figure, oh, well, other people are telling you it's good. Why the fuck do I have to tell you it's good? It's like, no, you should just be telling me it's good because you're my friend and you like me. It's like, oh. um, literally exactly right. Yeah. Um, so what is, what's next for you? You've, you've got this new book that's just come out. You're speaking on, you're saying that there's a third in the, in the trilogy. Is that yes. sort of the next thing or is there more, more coming? Yeah, I'm currently, I thought it was going to be a full length. We'll see, but like, it feels very much like it's going to be like a, it's going to be like the, like the third, like hopefully not as bad as Scream 3, but like mm-hmm. Scream 3. <laughs> Um, hey, Scream Three's got some good stuff in it, okay? So, like yes. Park, Parker Posey's in it, and you that's cannot, you cannot true. complain I about do, that. Do love Parker Posey? Do love Parker. <laughs> Not to be confused with Posey Parker. That's the bad one. Parker Posey's the good one. Right. I had to explain that to someone to a Gen Zer the other day, and they were like, "Oh my god, Parker Posey should sue." I was like, I agree. <laughs> I so agree. Um, but yeah, like it's funny because James Gunn said this whole thing about how hard it is to make a good third movie. And I was like, oh my God, it's hard to make like a good, you're right. So this has to be good. And I feel like these poems are probably maybe some of the strongest I've ever written. So I'm working on that. Uh, it's like, what else are you working on, Lauren? And, um, and I'm looking at my apartment and like, well, cleaning my depression hole. Um, uh, a clean apart photos of a clean apartment coming to an Instagram post near you. Um, yes. hope, God, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but um, last year I covered Comic Con. This year I elected to not go to San go to San or where and cover Comic Con because well I had a stroke, a mini stroke, like the right. day before, yeah. and and then I walked around Comic Con for like a whole week, like and I just. <sighs> 
I feel like I'm traumatized from that, so I'm not going. But yeah. um, uh, I'm turning 30 this year, and I think nice. there will be a reading um, in New York with a bunch of New York people um, that hopefully Clash is going to sort out and stuff for me. So that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Come to my reading. It'll be really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm just working on this book, and then I, I, it's funny, like, you, like what's next for you? I never know. Stuff sure. just kind of happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're the master of your own destiny. Yeah, well, stuff just happens, man. Yeah. And and I'm and suddenly it's like I wasn't working on this thing, but now I'm working on this thing. And so, <laughs> so, so who the hell knows? The only thing I can confidently say is, yeah, I'm working on a third book, and Shrek comes. Shrek comes out next week. My manifesto, and that's God only Go knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so just last two really quick questions. These are just sort of the, the, the universal questions of the show. The first one being, um, what does it mean to you to be a friend? Oh, that reminds me of the Golden Girls theme song so much. That's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And yeah, like the whole thing. And like, you could write a whole ass, like a sociological essay on like what it means to be a friend from watching that show, from the way that they treat each other, how they go from like bullying the shit out of each other to like, like just being so loving. I feel like that's called Picnic, Sicily, 1920. You know? Yes, yes. Or or Rose saying, Oh my god, that's a real place too that she said she's from. I can't think of it right now, but that is a real when she mentions all those ridiculous stories, it's a real place. Um but um I don't know, being a freaking friend, when I think of like uh, like my best friend Rush, like uh she is just well, she's consistent, she's present. And she is like unconditionally like supportive. Um, and I feel like that's actually really hard to find because people have certain people in their lives for certain things. And so, so to love someone purely and like actively and, and excitedly, like is, I feel like a friend and I have a very, like, I call it a cult. So in the cult of Lauren, we celebrate each other. Um, we're excited to be each other's friend or else you can go you can go yeah yeah <laughs> I love that I love that and what is one thing that listeners could try doing this week to try and be a better friend to, to their group um hmm, that's like that's a great that's a great question um find out or like just have a conversation about like what your friends like like not even like what they like to do but like what what movie do they love what pop culture thing do they find themselves like going back to like i feel i find that so intimate for some reason um where it's it's like what's the show that you fall asleep to every night even if it just reruns of friends it's like i feel like finding out people's comfort shows or comfort movies or comfort songs is like such like a fun exchange of like oh like you're letting me into like you know what makes you happy what chills you out what leaves your anxiety like I feel like it's, it's always like a really fun conversation. And it also like makes me feel good to know that like you want to know that like Shrek is like the greatest thing in the world. Like it just like that, like, like those little things that you think like wouldn't matter. Like when you show interest in those things, like it, that's how you make someone feel really special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've always seen that as like, you know, when someone uh, offers you like their favorite book, that's like yeah. a re- it's really intimate. You oh know? my and God. Yeah. Like, 
it's scary because you're like, this is a part of me kind mm-hmm. of, and if you don't like it, you're saying, you, you're saying you don't like me. You know? Oh, when I, when I, when I really like a guy, my, my mood or a woman, my more or a hot non-binary person, my move is to uh, give them a copy of crush by Richard Sykin. Oh yeah. And that was my gateway drunk to poetry. And it's like, a, it's all love poems that are like really heart wrenching. To he- the worst thing you could say to me is I didn't read it. You know, it's like I spent fourteen dollars on you. Like what? Um, like that's that's worse than being like I don't get it. Um, yeah. But uh, like yeah, I'll, that's my that's my that's my signature move. Um, Love it. So yes, if you're listening to this right now, if someone gives you a book or or a movie or tries to link it to an album because they love it, and the fact that they think you'll love it too. it speaks to like like what they know about you and what they think of you and so it's likely that they think you're special so even if you think it's bullshit just go with it okay i don't want to like we're also going to be talking about you in therapy for a really long time (laughs) um well listen that's that's it for me do you have um places you would like listeners to find you links Instagrams, um, all those kinds of things. I am Motel Siren on everything except for Snapchat. I don't know who has the Motel Siren handle on Snapchat, but they are living my dream. And because <laughs> um, um, I don't know, but um, yeah, Motel Siren on everything. And my links are like in a link tree on everything. So, which I feel like makes it easier for everyone Definitely. else. So. Well, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Yeah, I just I think you're an incredible writer, and I cannot wait to see the next thing. And uh, I I I'm so thankful that you got back to me so quick. I I was <laughs> so surprised. It was so nice. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. This was awesome. That's it. Thanks again to Lauren for coming on the show. I cannot recommend her books enough. If you want to check them out, follow the links that I've put in the show notes and be sure to give her a follow as well on Instagram or anywhere else you can find her. And while you're there, why not sign up for the Friendless newsletter? You'll get monthly recommendations of books, movies, music, podcasts, so much more, along with writing prompts and tips on how to be a better friend to yourself and to your community. All the links, as I mentioned, are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, give the old five-star review wherever you can and be sure to spread the word to anyone who will listen. And then come on back next week for another episode of the ongoing reading series of my new novel, Out of Town. I really hope to catch you then, but hey, I won't worry about that now and neither should you because that is then and this is now. So for now, I'll just say I love you and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties. <laughs>